Hey, Mac, ladies and gentlemen. C5. Oh. Wing time. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zone, 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 zone. Let me oh, Tones, it feels good to be a winner, doesn't it? Oh, big dubs in this room in the home of the home of the On the fourth and long pod, we have two. Well, once I, I'm, I mean, I'm three and zero, but okay, shut up. But, <laughs> but it's nice to see you getting. I'm your back first in win. the win column, man. That, Let's it. go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ah, oh, feels good, man. Do you, feels do you feel good. good? I feel great. Good. It feels better to beat Dan. Yeah. Respect though, Dan. Respect, yeah. but we're, still kicked your ass. Just we're, saying. we're gonna get to your matchup. Interesting week, guys. Like we we almost had the entire league go over 100 points this week. It's the closest we've been. We only had one guy that didn't reach that feat, and we'll get to the matchup soon. But we have to start with some – we had some injuries this week. Oh. And there was one injury especially that was devastating. And we wait for this one every year. Who's the big guy that's going to test Fab? Oh. It's going to test Fab. The Wayne Gallman cash is coming in hot. It is. But Saquon Barkley out, what was it, four to eight weeks? It looks like, sounds line? like four to eight weeks high ankle sprain. He's seeing a second opinion. That's the last thing I saw. Whenever a player goes to seek a second opinion, that's probably – Bad news. Like, that's not good. And it sucks. It's like, fantasy things aside, I love watching Saquon Barkley on Sundays. It makes the Giants fucking watchable. Now he's gone, and it sucks. It does suck. Um, Sucking for Rich is T.Y. Hilton getting hurt and not being sure what his status is for this week. Man, big injuries this week. That's big. Those are a couple big ones. We're talking about two keeper caliber players and not necessarily a keeper caliber guy, but Cam Newton... Missing this week. Man. Is this the end of Cam? Like, I, like, I hate to say, I love Cam Newton. He's in my division. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see the Cam that we all love to watch. Like, I think this could be the end of him. They might move on, and I wouldn't blame them. He cannot stay healthy. If he were to do something like miss the rest of the season, even though he's not injured enough to miss the rest of the season, and I'm talking about maybe just giving him a few... Basically telling him, like... We need you to be good for next year and already start planning ahead to next season where maybe make a couple trades, trade a couple vets, get a couple picks. Maybe he comes back super fresh next year. Like, I don't know. Maybe. But, like, but I don't think that Cam is a guy that's ever going to accept that he's just not going to be playing. I think he's way too stubborn. I agree, but then I'm not even talking about – like, Cam's going to keep playing. He's going to keep wanting to try to get an opportunity. But, like, if you're the Panthers – yeah. He's 30 years old. He's banged up like crazy. Like, everyone coming out of college, if you remember, like, was saying the way he plays, he might be easily easily susceptible to injuries. Bingo. Nailed it. I'm tired. Um, That's not good. And he's been so banged up almost every year. He's gotten either a concussion, now a shoulder injury. Like, that's not good, man. Whoever the backup is that came in, he threw four touchdowns. No idea. He was was solid. Was it Josh Allen's brother? Kyle Allen? Josh Allen's brother. (laughs) Did you see the jokes going around on Twitter of, like, remember that old Cam commercial where that little kid was, like, just warming up my arm? Oh, yeah. Remember that? There was jokes being like, oh, this is who Kyle Allen is. He finally grew up and now he's taking over for Cam. That's really good. It was great. So let's get into the matchups this week. And guys, we will be doing a rival... Uh, I'm sorry. We will be doing a power ranking segment this week. Woo! That's going to come. Mm. It's the first one of the season. We're fired up. Power rankings is how this whole podcast started in the first place. It was week three or four and Tones and I were just like, had a couple drinks. Let's have some fun. We couple. threw out some power rankings. And that was a great time. So we're getting back to that. We'll get to that later. First, we'll start with the matchups. And, boys, this was rivalry week. And it was interesting because we had three matchups of former champs 
against the guy who they beat in the finals. Yes. Big rematches. And it was very interesting because all the losers of those said finals won this week. All three without fail. And we'll get to the first one. We're starting with Franco and Rob. Rob, the 2017 champion, loses to Franco, who is kind of back this week. I mean, he gets the win under his belt. He's now 2-1. He cracks 100 points. Congratulations. And let's start with his running backs, because yeah. that's where it always starts and finishes with Franco. We talked about him having one of the best running back duels in the history of this league, and we expected that coming to this year. Mixon hasn't been there. What did you see from him this week? Uh, Mixon was somewhat back. I mean, he got in the end zone. That helps boost the numbers a little bit, but he looked better. He looked the best he's looked all season. I mean, I know it's only three weeks, but he looked really good and back to being the at least RB1B to Kamara's 1A. Yeah. Oh my god, my guy Alvin was fucking cooking on Sunday. That was the best game I've ever seen Alvin Kamara play, and I've seen a lot of him a lot of him being excellent. So on this pod last week, I made the argument that it's possible that he could be better with Teddy Bridgewater. I said the same thing for, for, for Mike Thomas, and I said basically, you have to lean if you're Teddy Bridgewater and Sean Payton specifically, you have to lean on your studs. They know Kamara can do a million different things, and he is so, so good at doing all of the things that he does. And they le- they leaned on him, and you watched that whole game. Oh, of course I did, and it was, yeah, like, he was amazing, and they definitely leaned on him, and, I mean, I, I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they use Teddy going forward, but, I mean, there was a lot of check down City, which will help Kamara, and maybe not so much Mike T, but we'll get to that later, but as far as Kamara, like, he looked as slippery as ever. The dude, like... I don't know what he... Like, he's a freak, man. Like, it doesn't make sense. Guys just slide off him. Professional tacklers are just like, yeah, he can't even touch me. Don't even bother. Guys he just are, doesn't miss a step. Guys are slipping off crazy. him at, on second and five. They, they have contact immediately, and guys are literally like... It's like he has grease on him. Yeah. And he gets an extra 10 yards. He stumbled for 10 yards. It was like playing match. It was incredible. Yeah. It, it was, was incredible. Just, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, we'll give Franco credit there, of course. Uh, Brady does what he does. Franco puts up 126 points this week. Chicago defense also having, yes. having a good day. Finally lived up to the draft price there. And you know what? Chicago defense, I mean, Franco won this matchup by 13 points. Chicago defense puts up 21. He gets an average day out of a defense. He doesn't win this matchup. Mm. So we talked about it with New England when they destroyed Miami for me in week two. Defenses matter sometimes. Yes, if you can do. get a defense in a good matchup. It can make the difference, and it did for Franco. He picks up the win. He moves to two and one. Rob, on the other hand, I mean, he falls to two and one. He has had some big performances out of some of his guys. Go through it for me. All time weeks, like we're talking all time weeks. Week one, Watkins, 198 yards receiving, three touchdowns. Like what the fuck hasn't done shit since? Mike Evans, which is a little more predictable. Has an all-time week. Like, yeah. all the points that he was not getting in weeks one or two, he made up for a big time in week three. He was excellent back to his wide receiver one status, but with a little extra. So, for Rob, like, you get two weeks like that from guys on your team, which, like, for all of us, if you get one of those weeks from literally anybody, you're, like, jizzing your pants in excitement. He's gotten two out of three weeks so far this season. Like, it begs the question, like, is that... Like, it's not sustainable, obviously, but, like... Does that raise a red flag a little bit with his team? Like, if he gets, what, 15 points out of Mike Evans, which is still an excellent week, like, it doesn't look as good, right? Like, what did he put up this week? 113? He would have put up 98 points. The thing with Rob's team is when you have the boom guys, you're going to win more weeks than you aren't. And he has a wide variety of those guys. Evans, Mahomes, Mm. 
I don't want to put Gurley in that category, but if Gurley ends up getting more work as the season goes on, we can maybe put him there. Eckler as well. Like, there are four guys I just named, and let's call it three and a half. I mean, if any one of those guys goes off for an incredible total, your floor is so much higher than so many other teams in this league because you've got these guys that can just go off. He's two and one. He's had two weeks where a guy went nuts. But he had, a, he had a couple guys go nuts in week one. He put up like 150 points. Mm. So without those, he's still getting a floor of yep. like a buck 10, a buck 13 this week. It came in a loss this week, but Rob would have beat other teams in this league this week with 113. Oh, easily. So, I mean, is it sustainable? Like, I don't know. Like, if he had better depth, this guy would be untouchable when he has these boom, boom guys. He doesn't necessarily have that right now. He just has a bunch of really good dudes. Maybe we've seen, and you mentioned this before we started, maybe we've seen the end of, like, the dominant rock, mm-hmm. where these guys lead him to weeks which we can't even fathom existed. Like, having, like, imagine having Melvin Gordon healthy, Gurley healthy, and Pat Mahomes in your team with Mike Evans. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. How does this league stop that from happening? 100%. It's a 10-team league. Yeah. We don't have enough depth to go around. But this year, with the whole running back situation in L.A., not what it is. I'm sorry, actually, both teams are L.A., but I'm specifically talking about the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers. Right? We don't, I don't, I, I don't, what happens when Gordon comes back? What happens when Gordon comes back? Uh, man, that, that is going to be so interesting. I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but like, it's going to be interesting. There's no way, given what Eckler's given you through the first three weeks and what he's shown in the last couple of years, like people knew this wasn't out of nowhere. Eckler's a really good player. Yeah. Anyone who's watched an NFL game understands that. Like, there's no way they're just going to be like, hey, Gordon, welcome back. Hey, Eckler, thanks for your time, pal. And at that point, it'll probably be through eight weeks or seven weeks or whatever it'll be. Yeah, you hit the bench, kid. Thanks. Pat on the back. See you later. No, like, they know they're moving on from Gordon at the end of the year. Why wouldn't they make it a 60-40 timeshare and Eckler's still the main guy? At worst, 50-50, right? And Gordon's just not the guy that he once was. And we know Gurley's not the guy that he once was. All of a sudden, like, things are a little bit more rocky. Now, listen, I want to make this clear. Like, we're talking... Rob's standard of performance is so high that he's flirted with, like, undefeated seasons the last two years. Yeah. So the bar in which we're talking about him compared to my team is very different. I still think he can be eight and five, seven and six, and it's still a really good season. But like the days that, like you said, the days of Rob being the dominant force in this league might be over. It might be time for somebody else to take the reins. A little foreshadowing from my podcast partner here. I want to say something about Rob's bench. Which he called out. And this is going to be more of a reflection on the rest of the league as well. But I want to say something about him taking a screenshot of his bench being an absolute pile of steaming hot garbage. And it was. And posting it to the league, okay? There's something to be said this year about depth lacking. And we'll get to it with a few teams. But we made a rule change that I want to talk about for a second. Not asking us to change it. I'm just pointing this out. Yeah. We are allowed to put guys who are out on the IR. Almost every team minus yours, has a guy who is out and on the IR. Some teams, like Rob and myself, have two. Rob actually went out of his way to pick up Drew Brees to put him on out to clear up a roster spot just so he can do that. We're looking at about 15 to 20 guys right now who would not have been picked up at this time last season. That is affecting depth. Rob's bench this week, 0, 0, 0. (laughs) 0. 0.4, 0.1, 6.6 for OJ Howard. Jesus. There are other benches that have that kind of a similar situation going on. Some are more lucky than others, but we are looking at lack of depth this year, and guys are going to have to spend fab dollars on guys that they're going to have to take a reach for. It's just an interesting observation. I'm not 100%. saying it's positive or negative. 100%. And Just we're saying. looking at it. Anyone who, like, I have George Kittle on a buy this week, like, 
I got to pick up a tight end, and I'm going, oh my god, these guys are fucking chumps. Like, Dan just had to pick up Will Disley, who's actually fucking solid, and like, I don't think he was overly excited about picking that guy up as his backup tight end. Like, it's thin now, and yes, it's a great observation. Like, the benches are deeper, which means waivers just aren't, like, you got to try to find a diamond in the rough, like some of these guys already have, like, after that first week, like, John Ross looks like a stud, like, McLaurin looks really good, like, yeah. I have Meikle, who's been great, and, like, Denard Robinson, all these guys, but, I don't know, it's very interesting, now we can actually hang on to those guys, instead of having to drop them, and that's the, that's the difference. Absolutely. So, we move on to the next matchup of the week, Let's and we it. spent a long time on that, but this was a really good one, and Ryan, who moves to 2-1, and one, defeats Rich, who now falls... To one and two, we had a final score of a buck twenty-two to one fifteen. You hear that, Doris? I think it's Rich sounding the alarm. Oh boy, we'll get to him in a minute. We will. Well, no, let's let's, let's get to what, him now. Let's start with him right I now. Wait. I think I th- I like to start with the guy who wins, but let's start in this situation with the guy who lost because Rich's supposedly dominant season is not going so well. Hit the skids. It has not gone well. It, he said on this podcast that anything other than a finals appearance was an absolute bust. You cannot start the season. And buy in a buy. And a buy. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. It's not starting that way. Win, loss, loss, potential win, new team name. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's enough characters to fit on the Adams Absolutely thing. not. Um, let's talk about injuries hurting his team, though. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't listen to this. It's a factor. Without us talking about this. Like, injuries have obviously hurt him so far. Dalvin Cook, despite the injuries, have carried his team. He's been unreal. And we thought, I bet you if we thought preseason, if we're talking Rich dealing with injuries, he would be the first guy we'd mention. Oh, Dalvin Cook, yeah, I'm sure he got hurt again. Whatever. He's been dominant. He's been the best running back in fantasy so far this season. Not even a question. Yeah. I would, like, I don't know, ahead of Saquon? Well, now for sure. But, like, no, man, definitely like, he no. was right there with Saquon. Like, 20, 24, 20 points. Like, that's fucking dominance. Yeah. He looks great. Um, the rest of the squad, man, it's, it's getting banged up. Like like we mentioned off the top here, T.Y. Hilton's yeah. probably going to miss some time. A quad injury. Catches a touchdown. Lucky for Rich. Catches a touchdown. Literally walks into the dressing room right after. Yeah. Um, yeah, he needs help at tight end. And we just mentioned the tight ends in terms of thinness. But, I mean, McLaurin looks like a nice find for him. I don't know. It's You can say this about pretty much any team. One or two more injuries might be the tipping point to being, oh, we're having we're on track to having a good season to like, oh, shit, we're in deep trouble now. And Rich is right on that fucking edge right now. Like, if he loses, like, God forbid, you're knock on wood. Tyler Boyd, holy shit, you're fucked. Like, you're running with Mike Williams, your wide receiver one, who's been really disappointing this season. And you're going to really have to rely on Greg Zerline to really come up with 20-point weeks for you, which you don't ha- you don't want to have to rely on your special teams to, like, help raise your floor. Totally. And an injury to Vance McDonald as well. Like, I know that's... Yeah, just, yeah. It, he might play this week. He might. He might. Yeah. It, it, if it is something that keeps him out another week, it's just like... You could say, it's oh, it's just a tight end, but, like, man... McDonald gave him two touchdowns in week two. Yeah. Look at the waiver wire for tight ends right now. You have to because of Kittle. And it is slim... Pickens, it's tough. So, I mean, 
I, in a way, I feel for Rich because I think like injuries suck, yeah, and that's the worst. Sucks. In another way, this is fantastic because <laughs> he just said how good he was supposed to be, and that it was going to be disappointing if it wasn't. It gives us hashtag content, oh. which ultimately is all we care about on this podcast. It's so you give wonderful. us the fuel, we'll make the fire. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I don't even know. I'm on like no sleep. Let's move on. Absolutely, we got to talk about Ryan, obviously, and there's there's a lot. There's both good and bad to talk about with Ryan. Yeah. We start with the good. And Julio Jones, Ooh. my goodness. He's back. This is the Julio we've wanted to see for fucking years, man. He's mossing dudes in the end zone, in the red zone. Yeah. He's catching screens and taking them to the house. Julio looks like he's ready to have the dominant wide receiver one overall season that we've been clamoring for since he entered the league. Like, we're going on, what, eight, nine years of this guy being in the league? And, like, he's never once even been considered as, like, the number one Fantasy wide receiver, bar none, period. Considering yeah. the talent, yeah. it's fucking crazy. That is crazy. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Cooper Cup is the best receiver this year. Hell yeah. God He's damn. been awesome. Considering he was coming off that injury, exactly. And that was what people were trying to stay away from. I'd rather take Cooks. I'd rather take Woods. Guys that were like first-round talents in our draft. And right. Cup fell a little bit. Yep. And Ryan was just like, yeah, sure. And maybe it's Ryan being a fucking genius, which we've talked about a lot on this pod. And maybe it was <laughs> just complete fluke. But Cooper Cup looks insanely good and is the receiver to own. If I'm in a redraft right now, he's the guy I'm taking. Bar none, it's not even a question. And I think he separated himself so much from Woods and Cooks. And I even think the Woods and Cooks owner owners, Dan and Mike, will actually agree to that. They've been disappointing. And he's white. He's a white receiver. He's short. Yeah. But God, can you can... And his name move. is Cooper fucking Cup. We gotta shout him out for one... I gotta shout him out for one move, for sure. sure. I don't... Like, would you have benched John Ross? No. Like, the balls that that would have taken... Now, I know, he's playing Buffalo, who's a really good defense. But John Ross, coming off a 27-point week one, picks him up. 17 points week two. Okay, now he's done it again. Against San Fran, who's a pretty solid defense. Doesn't start him. Instead starts Nelson Aguilar, the guy who literally had a, what, 60-yard touchdown fall right through his hands in prime time the week prior. Yeah. No, he's going to my lineup. Loses a fumble. Doesn't matter. Two touchdowns, 50 receptions. What a ballsy, ballsy call, and it paid off huge. I wouldn't have done it. Hey, maybe that's why I'm 1-2 and two and he's 2-1. and one. I wouldn't have either. He had John Ross had 20 targets through two weeks, and, like, both times he went over. Like, never mind the touchdown total for Ross. Right. He had over 100 receiving yeah. yards. A buck 58, a buck 12. Like, that takes so big balls. <laughs> big giant nuts. The guy, this, this is the, the same. Ryan Wardle story. This is the same guy who picked up Lamar Jackson, and he started him every week over Aaron Rodgers, who Aaron Rodgers has looked pretty disappointing, but Yeesh. whatever. We won't even go there. It's just like, he just continues He just continues to amaze me, this fucking guy. One thing we have to maybe knock his team on is yeah. the performance of one of his receivers. It's Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, I don't know if people know, my guy has six receptions this season. You heard that, right? There's been three games, six catches. Yeah. What the hell is that? And even if you look at Thielen's numbers, it's like, he has like a, maybe eight I don't know, I once saw it, but we'll no, get no. to CRG at some point. But, like, they're yeah. not passing the ball a lot. And Diggs is, like, in deep, deep shit. I think Thielen's going to be fine, ultimately. he's the I think he's the clear wide receiver one on that team. But, like, man, Diggs, what the fuck? Like, that's not good. What do you think? It, well, I, I think it's concerning because when you see a team... We thought that Baltimore was going to be the team this year coming in that was going to be, like, run first. And then beyond that, it's going to be it's gonna be Seattle. Seattle's going to run right. the ball yeah, a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, we've seen... 
Lamar Jackson air the fucking ball out. We've seen Hollywood Brown do incredible things so far. Right. Mark Andrews is a stud. Yep. We're talking about passing relevant guys on that team. Moving on now to, uh, I just said it. Who did I just say? Seattle. 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 Tyler Lockett's getting, like, fucking 15 targets a yeah, game. Russell Wilson just it's threw insane. for, like, 400 yards. DK Donkey Kong Metcalf is <laughs> catching balls. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, he looks good. But this team, I didn't. I, I knew it was going to be run first. I didn't think it was going to be like this. But, like, it just proves, right? We go, like, you just mentioned with two teams. Like, we're all guessing. Fantasy football is bullshit. Like, we're all just walking into that draft room going, like, I fucking know what's going to happen. And you're like, nah, no, you don't. Except like, none of us do. Except, you're guessing. No, except for me. I'm a genius. Debatable. You've blown your first round pick for eight straight years. It's been so bad. This we'll get to me, but I drafted Tyler Lockett in the first round. I'm feeling pretty good about it right hey. now. So let's just oh, leave it. ACL injury. Yes, incoming. Oh my Boom. God. Fucking sound the alarm. But yes, Stefan Diggs, Ryan should be concerned, but luckily for him, hey, he has John Ross on the bench. Maybe he starts him instead of him. The, int- the last thing I'll say about Ryan is that like he had one of the tougher decisions coming into this year in terms of keepers, and it was the decision about whether or not to keep Pat Mahomes or to keep Diggs. And I didn't fault him at all for keeping Diggs because I actually thought that he was going to be redrafting Pat Mahomes in the first round. I thought so too. He had the chance to do that. He didn't end up doing that. Kept Diggs. It's really tough to look at him and be like, oh, you're dumb. Because like... Yeah, hindsight. Whatever. It's fine. He picked up Lamar Jackson. It's fine. Yeah. Point being though is he kept Diggs. Diggs didn't go back in the draft. He hasn't looked good so far. Yeah. Possibly cause for panic. Possibly. If Dalvin Cook gets hurt... Things could change, but we'll see. Let's move on to the next matchup, which I want to throw to you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Darius 3-0, everyone. This is going to be tough all season. He's going to be... He's got a full bone rager under this fucking table right now. You can't see it. Uh, He's 3-0. The only undefeated team left. He defeats Nick, who's now 1-2, the defending champ. Oh, boy. Uh, 132-124. to Doria has another nice week. Man, how you feeling, kid? I think I said it right off the top of the pod about how good I feel. I was ecstatic. The the feeling that I had when I saw Juju Smith-Schuster just running down the sideline and fucking Nick in the ass, this is literally right, like, immediately after I saw Christian McCaffrey run for his own, like, 76-yard yeah, yeah, touchdown. Yeah. It happened within, like, four minutes of each other. I'm watching the screen at work beside me, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, Nick just made this an actual matchup mm-hmm. after he had thrown in the towel with the performance of Ingram. And now, here we are, and I'm just like... Oh fuck! Oh, there's there's Juju. He's he's back. Like it was just unbelievable. Like I feel I feel great. I don't remember the last time I had this much early season success. I think that's my point Big here. Time. Is that I'm used to making late runs and late pushes. I was one in five one year, and I made the playoffs at six and seven. You're like, thank you for that Nostradamus like prediction. But like, <laughs> it's just rare for me. Like the last time I had this much success was in year one when I rode my way through. To the finals, like right. it was a joke. That se- that season was incredible. And funny enough, I played Nick. In terms of this week, another matchup like we talked about before. This is a matchup of former finalists, and the one who lost is the one who wins this week. It's the small thing sometimes, hey. right? And since we're all aboard the train of my team being good this week, let us tee up the Greg Jennings Performer of the Week. Fuck it. You can't stop me. It has to be Mark Ingram because of the incredible, incredible performance. My guy, Marky Mark. Stud. 
Three touchdowns. Oh. 103 rushing yards. Nick. 32 receiving yards. Nick. Maron! Nick hurt so much watching this happen. As soon as he punched in that third one, mm. it was like it like Nick saw it before like the world did. It seemed <laughs> like he, he was so ready on the text. He's like, "Fuck this!" And Baltimore guys fucking me all the time. And like I I, I kind of feel bad, but at the same time, like man, thirty one point five and a win, like that's huge. Yeah, that's yeah. massive. Yeah, I uh, I gotta pour some cold water on you for a sec. Okay, your team's great. It's three and zero. I have a couple concerns. I know I have concerns with everyone's team except for mine, apparently. Le'Veon Bell has a quarterback no one has ever heard of. Folk Song, whatever the fuck his name is. What is he? Mumford? Don't even know his name. Falk? Falk? I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Could be Luke. Lev had a down week. Yeah. And the reason why Ingram won our Greg Jennings is because he carried both your running backs because Lev was just not that good. Yeah. You got to be concerned about him going forward. Odell... That offense looks out of sync and just a shit show. And if it wasn't for that, catching that fucking huge touchdown where it was a big catch and run. Like, it's not like Baker set him up for it. Odell's having a very different season. Juju was on his way to having a terrible week three. He had like 15 points or 15 yards, catches like a 75-yard, does his thing, and takes it to the house, right? Like, another catch and run. Like, are you at all worried about this or is this just what these guys do and you'll be fine? So let me start by saying that you just named my three keepers, yeah, oh which yeah. is really interesting. Coming to this year, I had the unique situation of having all my three keepers in new situations. Two of them, Levin Odell had new teams, and Juju was dealing with no Antonio Brown and right. another year of Ben, and he's the number one receiver. Let me start with him, because he's the one that I'm actually only concerned about. Getting the top corner all the time, getting new looks in terms of like having to be that guy and not having AB there anymore, that's tough. And then losing Ben, a guy that you're familiar with, that's tougher. I like Mason Rudolph. The Steelers like Mason Rudolph. But if it wasn't for that big touchdown, this guy is not having quite the year that I would have hoped that he would, right? What I do like is that Juju is still a stud, and I think that he'll find his, but it is concerning. It is. Here's what I'll say about Le'Veon and Odell, starting with Odell. Baker struggled. The offensive line has struggled. The Browns can't look worse as an offense than they do right now. Odell, mm. Odell, arguably the best player at his position. Yes. Arguably. Yep. We can make an argument for Julio and top, AB. Top five, playing. six, whatever. Let's just call yep. it what it is, right? I think he's one of the best players at his position. Good receivers will find ways to get the ball. And good teams, even bad teams, will find ways to get their best player the ball. He's their best player. He will get the ball. He'll be fine. And he's had some big weeks so far, even through three weeks, and they've looked out of sync. So in my opinion, he only gets better. Le'Veon is the Jets' best receiver and best running back. They have been missing Sam Darnold, except for week one when he had 17 points. You were with me when I was jizzing my pants about how good Le'Veon looked. He did look good. And since then, he's had 10 points, and then this week, six points. With backup quarterbacks times two. Like, I'm talking about third stringers, right? Le'Veon goes into a bye this week. I have to sub in someone from my bench. Really? It's a week four bye. And Sam yeah, Darnold that. is projected to come back for week five. Which means... Unless he after, kisses more girls. Sure. After, after this week, the Jets have... Adam Gase and the Jets have two weeks to basically prepare for... What do we do with a lethargic offense that's 0-3? They've already had to play New England. Lev put up 10 points facing the New England defense, which has been dominant so far this year. Mm-hmm. I like them moving forward because they get their quarterback back and they have a week to reset early. And I think, for me, best case scenario, an early buy for Lev. 
Let's give another week off here. Let's get the starting quarterback back, and let's figure out what to do here. Yep. He's your best player, and they're feeding him the ball. There is no training wheels for this guy, considering he hasn't played in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I think he and Odell are arguably the best players of their position, and I think they're going to be just fine. It's Juju who I'm worried about. How do you feel about those comments? I think you're probably going to be right, because they are good players, but... This is, you're, you're, this, we did this to Rob for two straight years. You're the undefeated team now, man. We're coming at you. <laughs> we're coming at you. We're picking you apart. You better grow some thick skin there, guy, because we're coming <laughs> for you. Chat, podcast, you're never safe. No one will come at me harder than you and Rich. That's your fan. You never, I don't know. Rob, Rob will come down on you pretty nicely. It'll be good. We'll see about I'm that. excited. Uh, yeah. We, Let's we, move on. We got to talk about Nick. We haven't really talked about Nick so far. Are we worried? <sighs> I, I've said that about every like I've said this about half the league. Are we worried? It's week three. We should all chill. But like, I'm a little worried about Nick. He's the defending champ. Like same thing with Rob. Like the bar is high for this guy, and I'm such a believer in Nick to be able to. Hey, here's my three stud core guys. Yeah, I'm gonna build around them in whatever way I can. If I have a shit draft, no problem. Last year he proved it. Waiver wire trades figured it out all the way to a championship. Nick has a fuck ton of work to do right now. Put up a respectable 124 points this week. We can't shit our pants over it, but, like, his depth is in trouble. Like, he's two Giants receivers, one of which is Sterling Shepard, who looked amazing with yeah. Daniel Jones. If Sterling Shepard keeps doing that, you and I aren't having this conversation next week. You and I are going, okay, Nick's fucking back. He's going to be a playoff team. But, like, do you think that's sustainable? Do you think stuff like that can happen to Nick given the way his team's currently constructed? I don't know what you're going to do with two Giants receivers now that Saquon isn't there. Daniel Jones looked really, really good. Mm -hmm. We don't know what to expect from this guy moving forward, but there's no Saquon there to take the pressure off. We're talking about, like... I mean, with all due respect to Wayne Gallman, we're talking about Wayne Gallman dropping off from Saquon. Like, you're what not afraid of that guy. Is Wayne Gallman? You're not afraid of that guy. You don't have to take safeties to come in and stack the box. You yeah. can use them to cover, double cover any of these receivers. And if you're Nick, who do you start week to week? I don't, I don't want to panic on Nick because he had one of the best groups of keepers coming into the league. And it's not like, I mean... DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been, like, super stud, but he's obviously going to get his. Keenan Allen is, like, is he the fucking wide receiver one? He he has to be. He's incredible The guy's lines through three weeks makes me upset because it's everything I wanted out of this guy last year, and he didn't do it. Here he is now just dominating. Here's the targets alone. 10, 15, 17 last week. No signs of slowing down. It gets Miami in week four. Denver in week five who can't stop shit. Pittsburgh, who's garbage in week set in week six. That's your next three weeks. The guy is going to continue to do this. He's a rock star. Yeah, we don't have to worry about Christian McCaffrey no. either. So let's just move past him. He's a new Devonte Freeman away from having a team that yeah. competes steadily every week. And like we we're, we're kind of not giving him enough credit because he put up a very very nice sixty nine points last week. But other than that, we're talking about one twenty plus for Nick, and he's put up the points. He's one and two because he, like, he had one of the highest point totals of the week this week. He just ran into me, and that's unfortunate. There's yep. a lot of teams who have dealt with that in the past, and Mike Doddle's dealing with that now. We'll talk about that soon, but I don't think that Nick has any reason to panic. He's just one player, maybe, or one pickup away from having, like, a really, really dominant starting roster. But like we were saying before, in keeping with the theme of how deep this league is this season, like, where's he going to find that guy? Where is he going to find that Freeman replacement? That guy's not... Like, Wayne Gallman is not going to come in and be Devonta Freeman 
circa 2016. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, where's where's it going to come from? Say less, Fab. Say less. There right. could be a guy. I have to, I right. have to tell you, like, I, like this podcast is going to drop after waivers have come out. And I've got to say, there isn't anyone, and I can say it now, there isn't anyone that jumps. There isn't anyone that jumps out to me on the week oh. heading into week four waiver wire, right? And it's just this week. But we're, we're always an injury away from one stud becoming available or someone getting promoted. Sure, like, but there's still a handcuff, and like they're volatile. It's one week, like one week to the next. They're not. What I'm saying is they're not reliable every single week kind of guys that can just be like, okay, they're going to come in, they're going to get 13 points minimum, and I'll be fine every single week. You can't. They're not. That's not going to be there. It just really depends on the situation. If someone like Peyton Barber gets hurt and Ronald Jones is all of a sudden like the number one guy and he's thrust into that role because he has no choice, it's just the first guy off the top of my head. But you can make that argument with a bunch of guys. If Darren Sproles go away, goes away, does Miles Sanders all of a sudden have a really, really increased role? He's not getting Miles Sanders. I'm just saying. No, I know, I know what you mean. But I'm, all I'm saying is he doesn't have the marking room. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's got great keepers, and I think that's really all it comes down to. I think it and is. And he's too. only one and two in a league that we've talked about is very, very tight. Right across the board. Yeah. So, why don't we move on Let's to do it. the next matchup, our second last one. We're talking about you, we're talking about Dan, we're talking about another, another former champ versus his finalist in 2015. Dan beat you, will you turn around and say, fuck you, Dan? Suck it! Called and me out? You moved to one and two, congratulations, you picked up your first win. If you didn't, you'd be in Mike Dotto territory, thank God that didn't happen. Dan falls to two and one. Dan puts up a measly 87 points. You had it. You had him with a buck six. Oh, just how he drew it up, man. It wasn't the great, it wasn't the greatest thing. But you know what? You renewed the rivalry, didn't you? Hell yeah. He wanted me to do it. I did it. You wanted me to do it. I did it. And you did Calling on my losing streaks. Here we go. Funny where your mouth is. This squad, man, they're a fighter. I got in the locker room. I said, listen, you fucks. (laughs) Figure this shit out. Everyone's calling me out. I'm getting chirped by Mike fucking Dad. I don't even have a good rebuttal because he's fucking right. I need to be better. So you know what? They came out with a dub. And you know what? For Dan, like, it was tough. Like, it was, like, Dan had a dud week. Like, let's call a spade a spade here. Like, he had a dud week. Like I said last week, it's going to happen to everybody. Dan will be back. It's not that big a deal. But, yeah, we got to talk AB, don't we? We have to start. I want to talk about Dan Studs not being so much studs this week in a second. First, I want to talk about AB because the overwhelmingly positive, oh my God, Tones, you got your first win, to me, as we're planning out what we're going to talk about in this pod, is just overwhelmed by negative because your wide receiver one, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, a keeper of yours since the beginning of time, the dawn of time in this league, holding the dick. He is not playing. Guy is fucking taking basket weaving 101. <laughs> and and you're just sitting there like, my dude, are you coming back or not? You went back to Central Michigan to school. I have a Central Michigan hat, which I got like two years ago. It's sitting in my drawer. And I'm like, I deserve this, don't I, for having this fucking hat in my goddamn drawer. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah, it sucks. For fantasy reasons, it's just shitty. Like, like... To lose your wide receiver one, like, ask Rich right now. It's a struggle. Like, it sucks. You, like, you lose that rock-solid guy. And here's the worst part. And I think I may or may not have mentioned, maybe it was you and me in private, but I may or may not have mentioned this on the pod. But, like, I just wish all of this happened before the season because I would have drafted differently. Yeah. It would have changed the way I, like, entered the draft. 
The reason why I liked Edelman so much as a wide receiver too is because I wanted a safe floor for a guy like Antonio Brown that can be kind of boom or busty, and more, he booms way more often than he busts. Yep. But like, I wanted just a safe floor guy, and that would raise my floor so that my floor could be a hundred points. Like anything below that is like a shocker, right? If I didn't, if if I still had, if Antonio Brown wasn't a factor there, I'm not doing that. Kittle's probably not my pick at number three. I don't take as many running backs as early as I did. I'd right. be loading up more on wide receivers, especially how many young guys were in that second and third round that could emerge as keepers after the season. Like, it just sucks, man. And now, like, it's, I don't know, is he going to get a new team? We don't know. I think all this shit has to shake itself out first. Um, so I think he could definitely be back on a team by next season. But, I mean, for this year, it's it's kind of shitty. Like, it's kind of a wash. Unless something changes, which it definitely could, especially with this guy. So, you it took, sucks, man. You mentioned taking a lot of bites of the apple when it came to your running backs, but something that you said resonates with me is that you definitely would have drafted differently, and you didn't need Montgomery would've. and Sanders, but no. you would have taken one of them. Hell no. And then you would have reached for another receiver there because that's what you needed. The thing I have to say, and, like, I, I, I don't want to shit on you too much. Like, no, do the, it. The one, thing, the one thing I'll say is that, like, you wouldn't have beat any other team this week. If yep. Dan doesn't get an injury to Saquon or if Dan doesn't get 1.5 points out of Mark Andrews, you don't win. But... With all of these running backs, and I'm not trying to promote you making a trade, but, like, there is a trade to be made for you because your running back depth is amongst the best in the league. Chris Carson is a first-round, in our league, running back talent that went back in. He's on your bench because Fournette and Jones are in there. You have a lot of guys in terms of running backs that guys will probably want. Yes. Myself included, if I, if I wasn't very happy with my running back situation, I'm looking at these guys like, damn, I would take... Literally, if you asked me to take any one of those guys, I'd say, you take your pick, I'll take whoever 100%. you don't want. They're starting on a you lot I mean? of people's fantasy teams these days, every single one of these guys, and it's nice to be able to just pick and choose, but the idea is that two of these guys, whoever the fuck it is, like, I don't give a shit. Two of these guys have to emerge as my rock-solid plug-and-play every week, guys. I think that's going to be... Like, if we're all betting here, it's probably going to be the young guys. It's probably going to be Montgomery at some point, and it might even be, like, Aaron Jones, right? Who's already established and is super electric. Yep. The rest of them, cool. Now I know who's expendable and I can get rid of and try to acquire some wide receiver help. This is the formula for me. Kittle returns to a tight end one rock star like he was last year, putting up wide receiver one numbers, and those two running backs emerge. That's the formula, and I just got to be shrewd with waiver pickups. I'm not throwing in the towel. I refuse to do it. I'm done. Like, I threw in the towel one time, and it was last year. I did it. I'm not doing it again. I'm going after the playoffs this year. That one win, yes. I wouldn't have beat anybody else. I don't give a fuck. It's in the bank. I need five more wins to make this playoffs. Yep. I'm going to try to do that in any way I can. I need to go 500 the rest of the year. Yep. I can do that. Kittle is on a bye next week. The thing about Kittle is that he hasn't been Kittle yet. And it's it's coming. coming. It's coming. But he's on a bye. And my only thing is that if you fall to one and three, I know you're still going to push. But on paper... I know. I'm just saying from from a perspective of someone else in this I, league. No, no, totally. One and three. Here's the thing. One and three. I got to go five and four the rest of the season. Yeah. I, I'm going off the six and seven has notorious like ever. I'm pretty sure every single year in this league has been at least the six seed in the playoffs. Six and seven. That's not that hard to attain. It's really not. You can back your way into six wins. Ask Mike Dotto last year. That guy was trying to lose and probably could have made the playoffs. Yeah. Like I think I can. I think I can do it. Like. My bench is deeper than most teams in this league, if not yeah. all of the teams in this league. Eventually, that's going to work itself out. So, so let's talk about your opponent. Who, yes, let's talk about Dan. And, and, and we'll get through Dan a little quicker, but 
the one thing we have to say is obviously the most pertinent news of the week is with Saquon. Like, how worried are you with a running back stack that we saw Nick Chubb and Saquon, like, like arguably coming into the year, other than Rob and Franco, like, this is tops in the league. It really is. Yep. With Mike Thomas, who is an absolute stud wide receiver one. Well, Mike Thomas lost Drew Brees. Yeah. He looked good, but, like, you know, could have been better. It's Only not going to be targets. the same. It's, not, it's just not going to be the same. It, it won't. It won't be the same way as Kamara being leaned on out of the backfield. Yes. That's for sure. He just lost Saquon for anywhere from four to eight weeks. Could be whatever it is. And and Chubb. Andrews is banged up. Andrews is banged he had a up. Foot, yeah. He played through a foot injury this week, and it showed. Had 15 receiving yards. Not not typical of what he's done this season. I hate to keep ragging on it at this point, but Woods hasn't been Woods, and now Man. he's lost. Yeah, like, what? I, there's no reason to panic if you're Dan. No. Because he's, he's been incredible, man. Like, honestly, this guy just shows us time and time again how he can just do great things with his fantasy squad. But, like, this was a really tough week for his whole squad. Like, you probably come into this week thinking, like, everything is just fucking roses. No. And you know what's actually funny about that? We were texting, just shooting the shit before this week. Yeah. And he actually himself mentioned, like, other players in this league have better depth than I do. If I run into some injuries, I'm in deep trouble. Right. Look, like, he loses Saquon this week. Like, that's exactly his nightmare coming to fruition. Like, and it sucks, man. Like, I feel for Dan. Like, that is a shitty situation, right? Like, that's just, ah, fucking sucks. And, like, I don't know, Chubb hasn't looked... Like, the Chubb we saw last year. Like, yeah, he's a fine RB, too. But, like, is Chubb about to carry his team right now? Like, I don't think so. And, yeah, like you said, Woods has been incredibly disappointing. Godwin's been a rock star. This was his first dud week. Not a big deal. Yeah. Thomas will now is now, until Breeze comes back, is now touchdown dependent. That was the beauty of Thomas before. Is He didn't have to score. He would get his 10 catches for 122 yards, and he'd have a nice, comfortable wide receiver one week. Like, all of a sudden, Dan's in a lot of trouble, I think. Yeah. He's got some work to do. And, and you know what? As long as he's recognized it and said it to you, oh, yeah. like, I don't feel too terrible calling him out for this. But, like, it just it just seems like if you're looking at trends from one week to the next, I don't think anyone went through a more drastic change, positive or negative, than Dan on the negative side of it from this week's result, basically. Yep. We go to the last matchup of the week. It's CRG, who picks up his first win of the season in a big, big way, defeating Ooh. Mike by a lot. And Mike falls to 0-3. Let's start with CRG, because he finally hit the 100-point plateau. Holy shit, he did it. Huge. Yeah. Nine touchdowns from non-quarterbacks. And That's Russ. Russ had a pretty good day himself, wouldn't you say? Fuck that guy, but yeah. There's nothing bad to say about CRG's team this week. No. It's, it's almost impossible to say a, a bad thing, other than Calvin Ridley had his worst game of the season after, like, tearing up the first two weeks and he had .6 points. <laughs> Didn't need cool. him. Cool. Didn't need him. Devontae Adams, 56 yards, whatever. How about 41 from Russ? Yeah, okay, cool. Thanks for coming. Adam Thielen, 17-plus. Amari Cooper, 20-plus. Marlon Mack, remember him? 14-plus. He's an RB1, too. Sure. Philip Lindsay, 25. <laughs> okay, I'm the number one running back on this team. Like, this it's week. unbelievable. Like, this guy had a week to remember, and I don't know if he'll ever forget this one, to be honest. Definitely not. Now, the question is, and the big question, I'll throw it back to you for this. Is this the CRG we're going to see the rest of the season, or is it the previous two weeks, the guy who struggled to get 100 points? It depends on what you think of his players. I think Devontae Adams, who's been poor, only gets better. I think Calvin Ridley kind of evens out between his 15 points that he likes to get 
or his zero points that he likes to get. They're somewhere in the middle there. Austin Hooper is not going to put up 18 points every no. week. I think the rest of I think what what we've seen from CRG is a couple lows below 100. We've seen the boom now. I think these players, the way that he has his roster constructed, he's somewhere in the middle. To be honest, he's aiming. <laughs> That's a cop out answer. Come on. Well, you know, well, it was leading up to my next point, which oh, is that he's sure. a sixth place finisher and he's losing in the first round. <laughs> so, so he picks up his first win. He's bound for a six and seven finish, oh and he'll God. put up eighty points against the third place team in the first round. Is it not? Is that not yeah, what's going to happen? No, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, history shows it, but... I just I just think that you're never going to see the big points out of Russ like that again. You're not going to see 25 points out of Philip Lindsay again. But I think you're going to get better performances out of Adams and Ridley. Like, I just... I, I don't know. Right, right. No, I know what you mean. But you and I both feel a certain way about Amari Cooper. Like, he's an injury waiting to happen, and he's a key drop and a key moment waiting to happen. Like, he's been great there, but like... I don't know, he's Amari Cooper. Like, show it to me for longer than five games, and so far, so good, but we'll see. Mm. Philip Lindsay, that backfield is a shit show, and this week, it was Lindsay's turn. Next week, I wouldn't be shocked if Royce Freeman plows in two touchdowns, sure. and he's the guy with 25 points, right? You already mentioned Hooper. Like, he had nine touchdowns. Yeah. Completely unsustainable. Like, I, I don't know what the average is. I would guess it's probably around four. We're talking nine QB. Sure, sure. That would be my guess. Like, yeah. that is going... That's like going well above expectation. So if you bring down expectations, probably hovering around 100 points, which for the most part, like is not a winning season. I don't know. Like I do like his team. I liked it last week. I thought his receivers are, have been performing really, really well, but man, like I didn't like his team. There's concerns. Like I, I didn't like his team coming into this week. I'll be honest. It's one of the teams I was looking at circling being like, I don't know if he can actually push into the playoffs this year right. as the roster is constructed. Obviously, changes are made throughout the year, and that's fine. But I didn't like it so much. They proved me wrong, and I'm glad I didn't say anything about that because, damn. Oh, yeah. I just can't see anything remotely close to this again with some of these guys. Like, I, I don't know. We're going to be keeping a close eye on him next week. Let's see how he performs next week, and that'll be when I think it'll start to become a little clear. And uh, you know what? All you got to do is bank wins. He could put up 100 yeah, points like as I long just as said. he's beating the right guy. Yep, 100%. Right? 100%. Um, and he definitely beat the right guy this week. He definitely did. Suck it, Mike! Oh, Mike Dotto. Mike! Oh, God. Where do you want where, where do you want to start with Yeah, Mike? yeah, yeah. But, like, this is... I, get, I couldn't wait to talk about Mike this podcast. Like... <laughs> with, like, okay. Holy fuck, where do we start? This is crazy, okay? Mike... Has been beaten yeah. all three weeks this season by the guy who's put up the most points that week. Like, and we're not talking like, oh, like 129 points, like highest oh. point total. Like, these guys are putting up 150, 160 against yeah. this guy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mike is running into some hot ass teams. It's happened to at least one team every single year, as far as I can remember. It happened to me in year one, if you remember. That's right. It can happen to you in, like, year three, but, like, you somehow survived. Like, for some sort of stretch, like, obviously not the full season, but some sort of stretch, this has happened to everybody. Right now, it's happening to Mike, who's actually putting up respectable fantasy outputs here. Like, what do you make of this? Like, he's calling himself a playoff team. He's 0-3. Outside of... Week two, he had a bad performance. He puts up 80, 80, I just had it. He had 84 points plus in week one. Uh, sorry, in week two. Mm. But outside of that, this guy, a buck 20 when Rob puts up 151 right. in week one. And this week, obviously, CRG breaking his own personal records. And Mike puts up 116. The thing about Mike is that, and I hate to say this out loud so much, I fucking hate it. I actually feel bad for him. 
I actually Woo! feel bad. I don't. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually feel bad. Somehow, some way, he's putting up points, and we're chirping him because it's Mike, and we gave him the basically the D-bag of the year last year award with a nice silver trophy and took a photo with it. Oh, yeah. And he is the only 0-3 team in a year that he actually doesn't deserve it. Yeah. And that's where I feel bad. Do you feel bad? I certainly do not. You want to know why? No, I want to know. AB gets cut. My guy's in the fucking chat. Let's go. What the fuck? Do you, what do you care? Oh, Josh Gordon. Suck my dick. Go smoke some more weed. It's over. <laughs> I actually love Josh Gordon. But still, fuck you, Mike. He's the last winless team. And that's really difficult. I don't think it'll last long. Right? The winless, like... I knew... Who's he got next week? Let's find out. It's Ryan. <laughs> oh, boy. It's Ryan and that stuff. Oh, boy. Okay, so I want to say this. So you... How many points did Mike have week one? You said 120? 120 plus, yeah. So this week, that would have put him... Quick quick maths here. That would have put him at fifth best this week. No. Fourth best. Sick. No, hold on. I'm looking... I'm doing this live, people. You're, you're watching my brain work in real time. It's really painful to watch. To yeah, this isn't great. Yeah, he would have been sixth with 120 points this week. So you can't be sitting there going like, oh, okay, he would have won every single week. Like, he should be 2-1. and one. We can't sit there and say that. Like, listen, 116, which was this week, very respectable, very good. 120, very respectable, very good. But, like, in terms of point output totals here, like, he would have been middle of the pack this week. So, again, yeah. I don't know what to make of this going forward. Like, it's he, crazy. Yeah, I mean, he loses Cam, he loses D-Jax. Like, all of a sudden, like, right away, like, his his depth is tep- tested. Demarcus Robinson was a good pickup. Greg yeah. Wilson has turned himself into a startable tight end. Zeke and Henry are RB1 and 2s. Like, I kind of like the guys on his team. Like, his receivers, I'm looking for the wide receiver one, and I can't find him. Like, Cooks isn't there. Gordon's not there. Maybe there's a trade to be made for a receiver if he really wants to make a splash. Like, even D-Jack is more of a wide receiver three and a flex guy. But, like, yeah. like I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I don't love Mike's team, and I'm not going to compliment him that way. But he's found ways to get big performances, especially with a couple solid RB keepers. Like, yeah. He's actually getting it done with Henry yeah. and Zeke. And Henry like, has proved me wrong every single week this week. And it kind of hurts to watch the poor guy, like, actually struggle through this because, like, he doesn't deserve to be there. That's that's the only thing I'll say. Is this the universe balancing out the Asterix championship he won? Possibly. It could be. There have been so many trophy emojis. He might just lose every game this year because of that. Oh, wouldn't that be sweet? But then he gets the first overall pick. Fucking disaster. Again. Anyway. We, we touched on something recently. Moving on from Mike. We touched on something recently. We are talking about Antonio Brown. Why don't we expand on that a little bit as we move on to this week's edition of... Douchebag of the Week. Yeah, he's a D-bag. And no one feels stronger about the D-bagness than you do. Again, we touched on this, but because of the segment recurring, yeah. why don't we just quickly call this guy out? For what the fuck's going on? We talked about him in a fantasy perspective and before. We're going to talk about him as a human being now. Fuck this guy. You had it made in New England. You were living with Tom Brady. You woke up, Giselle's making fucking eggs for you every night. It's like, you know, she's sitting there probably topless, just loving life. Hey, want some pancakes? Whoop, here you go. Catches it on the plate. You had it made. He was going to feast in New England. He was going to feast. I was so excited. I was like, this guy might get a touchdown every single game. Yeah. Tell me how he doesn't. Like, and he fucks it up. Why? Not because of the allegations toward him. The Patriots said, no, cool. Hey, we'll let that sort itself out. 
until he goes and harasses these poor girls and, like, tries to threaten them. Like, just shut up. If you're his agent, how do you not take away his phone and say, you know what, you're in New England now? I like Mike Lombardi, my guy, great podcast. He's in the Navy SEALs now. Put the phone away. Throw it in the fucking ocean. <laughs> you're in Boston. Not Launch it in there. And just focus on football. Yeah. Do what you're good at. Let this all fade away. Because guess what? Winning solves a lot of problems. Being a champion solves a lot of problems. Guys have come and go. Ben, same allegations. Roethlisberger, like he's, he's fine. Two, t- two Super Bowls later, people barely talk about it except for Rob who's obsessed with it. I don't know. AB, man, like... I think again. I think he's going to be back in the league because that's the way the NFL works. But like, fuck him right now. Like, he's a dick. He's just a dick. Absolutely. The situation was perfect. He was the Randy Moss going to New England to team up with Tom Brady. All of the touchdowns, all of the yards. They threw to him in the one week he played like a million times in the red zone. They were like, we just need to feed this guy in the end zone. Let's just give it a shot. And he would have inevitably won a Super Bowl. Like, hmm. there's no doubt in my mind that they would have won. And I still feel like they're probably going to win. Like, the NFC is cool oh, yeah. and all. But the, the the Patriots only have to beat one fucking NFC team. Not all four of them that are good right now yeah. to get into the... Sh- to take this damn thing home. It's like, dude, you had it. It was there. It was so close. And he fucked it up. Sucks. It would have been fun to watch those game Them with AB play the Chiefs in a playoff game. Oh, my God. The ele- like, that game would have been, like, 65-62. Like, as good as the Pats defense is, like... That, it just would have been fireworks every drive. It would have been crazy. Yep. AB, you're a D-bag. And we move in to our Woo! segment of the week. It's what people have been waiting for. I hope people stuck around this long because we are now going into the first power rankings of the season. Let's go! You sound excited about this. I'm very excited. I might not be in a minute, though. Going through this, I found that it was a lot of a reflection of the standings in a way, but that's because it's kind of early. It's only week three, yeah. yeah. As this season wears on, it'll become a little more cloudy. So, Tones, who do you, not me, who do you have <sighs> at number one? I'm going to take the mic away from Doria here. <laughs> I want you all to know, he's got a Kleenex box right next to him. His pants are out. Full rager. I don't know what's about to happen, but it's Doria, number one. Oh my god, he ejaculated. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Relax, Doors. It's week three. You're 3-0. and Congratulations. But you're number one in the power rankings. Number what? Eight in our hearts? Now you're number one in my heart, Pod. Maybe 11th. I'm 11th of 10 guys in your hearts. Nonsense. Yeah. Best commission out there. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, you're number one. I don't think anyone will even think twice about that. Number two. We got Rob. Yeah. Rob seems to be at the top of our power rankings almost every single year. He's got guys, like we said before, that just boom. And when they boom, it's big. He wins games. And next week, I'm quite certain... Oh, no. No, never mind. He has Mike Dotto coming up. But oh, 3-1. Not, not next week, but he's got Mike coming up. <laughs> so, but I'm just talking about where he stands right now. And the team looks good. And you really... Like, Pat Mahomes at the helm, man. Like, locking that whole damn thing down. It's really hard to put Rob anywhere else. So, we've got him at two. We've got him at two. Uh, number three. It's Ryan. Uh, Ryan looks great. He is number three in the standings right now, 341 points for. Uh, he's won two straight games after an 0-1 start. That is great. Um, yeah, I like his team a lot, and I think he's going to keep being very clever. We've called him a genius on this pod way too many times, and he's going to continue to be great. I agree. We move on to number four, and reluctantly we put him. I reluctantly put him here. 
You were confident about this. Yeah. I wasn't so much, but I was struggling to figure out where else to put him. Rich Ben, you fall to number four in the power rankings. There's a lot to like about a guy's team who drafted a ton of depth. It's hard to rank a guy high when he's dealing with so many injuries and he's coming off two losses. Yeah. That, to me, is the most challenging thing about it, but I understand why he's there. The counterpoint to it is that the difference between... Right now, the difference between number two and ten in this league is, like, so marginal that it's insane, and it's enough for me to believe that, hey, Rich has the best player in fantasy right now that's not a quarterback. Yeah. Like, Dalvin Cook is going to win him weeks. That is going to happen, if, if it hasn't already. Like, that puts him at number four fully entrenched as a playoff team. I think, personally, guys are going to come back for him. These aren't season-ending injuries. Tyreek Hill could be back as soon as two weeks from now. That could change a lot. And one thing we didn't even mention in the pod is Deshaun Watson has been a rock for him at the top of his quarter, like in the quarterback position, and he's been underperforming uh, totally. So that's 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 great for him. And Rich falls the number. Rich falls into number four. Mm-hmm. We've got CRG at number five. Mm. I wasn't crazy about CRG's first two weeks, but this is the power rankings. And can you talk about a guy who flexed his muscle and showed us his large dick any bigger than CRG did this week? That guy put up a buck fifty-two. Yeah, how can he not slide into the middle of the power rankings 100%. right now? And I think this has more to do with, like, not to take anything away from CRG, it's a spot well-earned, but I think this has more to do with our number six guy and what happened to him than it does CRG's performances so far this season. Absolutely. We would have had Dan here, but damn, what a tough week it was for Dan. It sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, we have to project forward with the power rankings, right? It is, yes, it is a lot of what you're doing, but, like, if you want to see, if you just want a fucking standings list, you know where to go. Go to the league home. We're trying to figure out what this is going to look like in a few weeks from now. Dan, number six, without Saquon. Still think he can do it. Still think he can be competitive, of course. But Saquon is a tough blow. We have to wait and see what happens. And following up on the recency bias, you can't lose to a team without a win in you. And you can't put up under 90 points, let alone 100 points, and expect to be high in the rankings. So that's where Dan falls. Number seven, Nick Dotto. Mm. He's got one win, but he's got some good guys. We talked about it before, and in terms of the depth, Nick is kind of a little thin there, but like when you've got the big boys, you can still make some some noise. The only thing that kind of rhymes. The only thing for Nick, the only thing for Nick is like outside the keepers, it's like where are we finding the consistent point production? And even with the keepers, only eighth in points four right now. Like it's not it's not like they're propelling him to like fifth place in points four. Like he's gotta put up numbers without those guys. The bottom three was a struggle, but I think it's pretty safe to say that Franco falls in at number eight. Yeah. Despite the fact that Franco is a two-in-one team sitting at in fifth place in the standings, he's got the second lowest points for and one of the lowest points against. And, I mean, he's gotten lucky with a couple of his matchups so far, but he hasn't really been lighting the world on fire yet. No. And, uh, yeah, you and I went back and forth on this quite a bit, but I think it's... I think he's there with a bit of an asterisk of, like, room to grow ahead. Like, the next time we do this, I wouldn't be shocked if he's number four. But I also wouldn't be shocked if he's number ten. Absolutely. He's a really big wild card in this league right now. We'll see what his receivers do, because right now, in terms of the running backs, there's no doubt that Mixon is back, Kamara looks sick, and, like, he just has to win a couple more in order to slide him up. But I need to see the points scored in order to to move him up there, too, as well. You can't just keep getting these cake matchups. This is where things get real interesting. Number nine in the power ranking is... I'll let you say his name. Don't hurt me. No more. No, you have to say it. I can't say it. I can't bear to say it. 
It's Mike Dotto. Yeah. It's not just Mike Dotto. It's Mike Dotto falling in at number nine. And, like, in, in any other situation, it would be like, ha, Mike's at nine. But it's like, it's like, hey, Mike's at nine. And you're not even named on this list yet. Yeah. There's only ten teams. I'm going to be ten. So when it comes to Mike, I mean, he is the only team without a win. But we've seen the big weeks. We know who he has. We know he has Zeke. He's put up totals that are pretty impressive so far, and I have a hard time calling Mike an 0-3 team, the last guy, when he's done what he's done in terms of point production. It, it, it feels gross to put him at number 10, for all the reasons you just said. Like, it doesn't make sense. He's clearly number 9, and with room to grow forward, like we just said for Franco, which means number 10 is me, and that sucks, but I'm determined. It's motivation, bulletin board material. Chris Carson, stop fumbling for fuck's sakes. Let's get let's, let's Leonard, rise. Leonard Fournette do literally anything. On Antonio my bench. Antonio Brown just play just football. Just play football. Ugh. Basket weaving. Christ. Those are the power rankings. Yeah. And we, usually we dive a little deeper, but we haven't been doing matchups in the past, and that's really where we tackled a lot of the meat here. So that's the that's the format for this week. You guys can let us know if you didn't like it, but whatever. It's our podcast. At the end of the day. So. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. Let's look ahead as we wrap this thing up to the marquee matchups for next week. The first one I got to talk about, I mean, well, why don't you talk about it? But the first one is you and Rich. Yeah, I'm picking my own. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I really like this matchup next week. One and two and one and two. Both teams coming into the season with a lot of draft picks. Yep. Um, coming off what we hope is a rebuild complete. Not so much for me, for Rich, for sure. One of our teams is going to be one in three in a bit of a hole. If that's Rich, it's like he's going to lose his fucking mind. Like, put him on Suey Watch. We got we to gotta check in on him every hour. Me and one in three, not so much. But it also sets me down a path that I don't want to be going down. If I win this week, two and two, we have life. Rich wins this week, two and two. Yeah, he should be there. It's where he should be, right? Yeah. So, like, it's really interesting to see that this, this week right here can set... Two teams down a very, very different path. The good news for Rich is that with one, two, three, four teams at two and one, and him with a, a quite substantial amount of points for a win this week puts him right near the top of the standings again. And, 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 yeah. and he could be in third place just by next week, just like that. And he gets but me without Kittle, which is A lovely. team that got the first overall pick and rebuilt the way that he did. Guys like Mike did the same thing. Guys like Dan have done similar things. Coming into the next season, which is now this season, you can't be one and three. Yeah. Other teams in the past in this league have not done that, especially not when you set expectations for yourself. I love this matchup because you are the most self-deprecating person in this league right now when it comes to your team. 100%. And, Rich, and Rich has been very quiet lately because he knows he's not where he needs to be, and yeah. he is rattled about it. You moving to two and two, real interesting, even without AB. Mm-hmm. Rich falling to one and three, oh, good God. I can't wait. Win, loss. It's going to be great. Loss, loss. It's going to be great. Stressful for us. Great for you guys. Second matchup of the week. I got Ryan and Mike. I really like this. Yeah. Because Ryan is coming in hot. He's moving up the power rankings. Mike is 0-3. Mike, if he moves to 0-4, I thought Mike was a, quote, playoff team. Did you see that in the chat? Oh, I saw it in the chat. I saw it too. That's screen grabbed. It is. I framed it. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I can't wait to give it back to him when he misses the playoffs. Incredible. Um, not looking like a playoff team so far, let's say that. Also, 
after this week, him and I go to Europe for a couple weeks. Is he going to maintain <laughs> his team when he's away? Probably not. He's going to pick up soccer players while he's over there. If Mike falls to 0-4 and then goes to Europe, it's not good. Man. Mike, Lionel Messi's already kept, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I really like this. And yeah, like, it's a good all, one. All, all the compliments to Ryan. Like, it's going to be a really good matchup. And, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what happens. Because a 3-1 Ryan makes sense. And 0-4 Mike makes sense. But if Mike gets that first win, it's a big deal for him. 100%. I mostly just want to see if the trend continues. Like, Ryan, you should be very excited. You're about to put up, like, 167 points. Hopefully 169 points. A really nice total. So nice. That would be great. That would be all time. No bye week trouble for these guys yet, except Ryan's looking at picking up a defense that's pretty much it. So, yeah. I mean, I think that pretty much wraps up yeah. a very, very busy, action-packed week what was it? Week three pod. Week three, baby. Week, week three, three pod. Home of dirt. This is gonna drop shortly. Uh, Fab is just about to be in full effect, and hopefully everybody can listen in the morning. Any any closing thoughts? You feeling good about this, Tones? Yeah, I don't know. I gotta win more, man. Fuck. Do you have and to? You win? gotta lose more. Do you have to win, 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 win. Not this week. Fuck. She's my enemy this week. Yeah. I'm not even talking to the guy. Boys, thanks for listening. It was a long one. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you in a week. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do, but uh, if you ain't got a lighter, what the fuck you smoking for?